0: Hey guys, welcome to Those Murder Girls Podcast. I am Raina, your host, and today I have for you some recent headlines. Dwayne Harrell Jr., an MMA fighter that's living in Tennessee, is being accused of murdering his ex-girlfriend, Irene Torres. It is alleged that Dwayne stabbed his ex-girlfriend at least 17 times before she passed away in front of her parents' house. Irene had been staying at her parents' house since December when she bravely walked away from this abusive relationship that she was having with Dwayne. So now staying at her parents' house, she got off of work around 1, 1 30 a.m. and was staying at her parents' house, so she was walking up to the door. When Dwayne came out of nowhere and totally ambushed her, the two start fighting and once he heard something that he didn't want to hear, he began stabbing Irene until she left Dead in front of the home. After she was no longer conscious, Duane picked up her body and threw her into the back of his trunk took her to his apartment, put her into a plastic storage bin, which she may have been wrapped up in some sort of blanket or comforter, and hid her inside of the closet. So what happened was Irene's parents wake up and they notice that she didn't come home last night from her shift. So together they get with their neighbor and they go through some security footage reviewing about the time that Irene should have come home. Well, they witness Dwayne ambushing Irene and pulling her in a direction away from the camera's view. So not knowing what is going on, Irene's dad races over to Dwayne's house and Dwayne tells the father, you know, I haven't seen her. I heard she was staying at some hotel. And so naturally, her dad jumps in the car to get to that hotel as fast as he can to make sure that Irene is safe. And while he's driving, Dwayne must have called him on his cell phone or something because it says while the father was in route. Dwayne confesses to the father that he actually killed irene super early that morning and he still had her body so he and authorities make their way over to the apartment and that's when they find irene inside of his closet stuffed into a storage bin So it had turned out right after that fatal stabbing while he was en route to his apartment he took Irene's pants from her and her purse and he threw them into a dumpster behind a grocery store which I totally don't understand you're gonna get rid of her purse and her pants but you're gonna keep her inside of your closet that doesn't make any sense. So as of right now Dwayne Harrell Jr. is sitting inside of a Nashville jail with no bail awaiting his trial and sentencing. And as we can all hope, the maximum punishment is bestowed upon him. My next headline is the tragic murder of Brianna Che. Two 15-year-olds, a boy and a girl, are set to go to trial for the death of Brianna, who was killed at just 16 years old. Brianna was found lifeless in a park in the English town of Warrington on February 11th and the two accused of murdering her were arrested the day after. Vigils for Brianna have popped up all over the UK in major cities, including London, Manchester, Liverpool, and Warrington. It's not known at this time if her murder is related to a hate crime. Thousands of TikTok followers always flooded Brianna's posts, who often talked about being bullied in school for being trans. Her family just remembers her as this loving daughter, baby sister, and granddaughter. Anybody who knew Brianna, and even those who didn't, maybe just like her followers, just want to know why. Why a crime against her? Why anybody? Brianna was so outgoing. She was confident. She was always full of laughter and added so much light to this world. Along with the visuals, Brianna's death also prompted protests in support of the trans community in her memory. The official GoFundMe in Brianna's case was set up by her family to assist them with funeral costs during this extremely difficult time. As of right now, the GoFundMe has earned over $135,000, and Brianna's family extends their deepest thank yous to everyone who has shown them support. Our next headline is out of Houston, Texas and it's actually one that I had been following since the headline made breaking news. So sadly if anybody was following the Felicia Johnson case you may know that authorities in Houston, Texas believe that they have located the remains of 24-year-old Felicia Johnson who was from San Diego and had just moved to Houston, Texas in April shortly before she went missing. So on the 16th of April Felicia Johnson had an active ad on an escorting website. She gets this call or this hit, this email, whatever, from a man by the name of Chuka Wibuka Nobuto, which I'm just going to call Nobodo for the rest of this episode. For obvious reasons, that's a tough one to say over and over again. So Nobodo makes contact with Felicia Johnson and around 2.56 on April 16th, Felicia is last seen on the Intercontinental Hotels surveillance camera. So she gets inside of this Uber that was ordered by the 28-year-old Nobodo, and her Uber driver drops her off on the 3200 block of Wind Chase Boulevard. Well that is actually Nobodo's previous address from where he's currently living. He had just recently moved to a new place, but when he got the Uber for her, he had the Uber take her to his old address. From from there, Nobodo was there waiting. He picked her up and took her to his actual apartment in South Richmond. About an hour or so later, Nobodo was seen on surveillance camera leaving his current apartment complex and the timestamp on that video is 5.12am and Felicia is never heard from after being inside of that Uber. At the first sign that something is wrong, Felicia's dad goes from San Diego to Houston to try to find his daughter. He had set up a GoFundMe. He was asking for any support that he can get because, you know, he was obviously in a different state. He was unable to work. He had to get hotels, Ubers, rental cars, eat, whatever he had to do. So as soon as I saw that, I donated to the man. I was hoping and praying that this was all a big mistake and he would get to Houston and locate his daughter in just, you know, a day or two. Maybe her cell phone had broken or she lost it, whatever. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. but when her dad does get to Houston, I believe there was other family members there with him in the beginning at that time. they find Felicia's cell phone at the Bear Creek Park. No other sign of her nothing. so nobodydo. The day after he's last seen at 5.12am, he goes into a clinic and asks them to help him with this like super massive cut that he has on his hand that he said he got while opening boxes. Houston Police Department is already investigating, you know, this missing persons case. Two days after he visits that clinic, police will find receipts showing that Nobido actually purchased some supplies. And what kind of supplies do you ask? Well, he purchased some flashlights some towels, some trash bags, and a fucking saw, actually two saws, one from Walmart and one from Home Depot. Around this time as well, as police are, you know, getting down into this investigation, they come across some interesting internet history. And Nobodo had searched for the most forested part of Houston. Well, why do we need that information, Nobodo? Were those supplies so you can take a little trip into the forest? and do some camping. I seriously doubt that was the reason for those supplies. So let's skip up to May 13th, which is about three weeks after that last internet search. Detectives come to Nobudo's apartment with a warrant to search his home and his car. He's taken into custody. They make a traffic stop and they're able to detain him, but they end up letting him go. And that is the question. Why did you guys let him go? Because while investigators were inside of his apartment, they found very strong evidence that Felicia was inside of that apartment. They have DNA from inside, from Nobodo's car, the same car where they found a gun, knife, and a shovel which is obviously not a good look, and it's certainly not a good look when additional internet searches come up for can bleach and vinegar destroy DNA? Or how about any of these searches? How to delete your internet history. 15 cheapest places to live in the world for $1,000 a month. Can police check phone records of a missing person? Can police unlock a phone during an investigation? Um, you're coming off guilty as fuck, Nobodow. So when Nobodo was detained for that traffic stop and then released, police actually were able to seize his cell phone. And on that cell phone, there were photographs of one dismembered female in addition to three other photos showing deceased individuals. We don't know if they're male or female. Frustratingly, the individuals that are pictured in those photos could not be identified or have not been identified. And there's no metadata associated with any of them. With all of this evidence piling up against Nobuto and no sign of Felicia. Police did believe that she was deceased during this time and it was confirmed when a Texas Department of Transportation worker found skeletal remains in the Sam Houston National Forest. The remains found have not been positively identified as Felicia's. Medical examiners are working with the dental records provided with her family trying to match them to the remains that they have. But her family has accepted that it is a very high possibility that the remains are Felicia's because jewelry belonging to Felicia were found with the remains as well as some clothing. Her dad says that police wouldn't have called him and notified him of the discovery if they weren't almost positively sure that it was her. Nobido has been charged with one count of murder and tampering with evidence in Felicia's case, but they can't find him. He's on the run. He is gone. They are sure that he is out of this country and it is going to be a hell of an investigation trying to locate him. If anybody has any information about Felicia's disappearance, about Nobado's whereabouts, you guys can call Crime Stoppers at 713-222-8477. You can remain completely anonymous or you can call the Houston Homicide Division at 713-308-3600. Don't forget, you guys, no amount of information or detail is too small. If you know something, say something. Leave it up to the detectives and the investigators in this case to do with what they wish with the information that you provide, whether they use it or it's not useful. If you know something, just call them. Let them know what's up. That way we can help track down Nobido so he can be held accountable for what he did to Felicia. All right, now we are in Minnesota. The Minnesota Supreme Court has just upheld sentencing for two individuals that were convicted last June of kidnapping and murdering real estate agent Monique Baugh. So last June, Cedric Berry and Barry Davis, who are both 42 years old, were found guilty of murdering 28-year-old Monique Baugh. She was a real estate agent. She got a call for a showing on New Year's Eve 2019. when. She she arrived, Cedric and Barry kidnapped her before brutally murdering her and dumping her in an alleyway. When Monique was found, she had two point-blank range shots, one to the torso and one to the face, and she had her wrists bound with duct tape prosecutors say that the two individuals responsible for her murder stole her keys before they killed her and used them to enter Monique's house, the house that her family was in. Her boyfriend was there. He was a rapper named John Mitchell Momo. He's 29 years old and the children that the couple shared together. Well, he was shot. Thank God he survived. And he told authorities that he was that he was pretty sure he knew what the motive was or what the motive could have been. He said that he had put this social media post up of him kind of like flaunting money so maybe they were coming after him because of that like thinking that they had like this huge stack of cash like hidden somewhere or there was also a rumor that he had been a police informant so maybe they were coming after him for that as well whatever the motive was it was once again another senseless crime it was totally premeditated Barry's car when it was searched right after the arrest police found a set of walkie talkies a black ski mask duct tape and a bunch of heroin in. addition to the two that were convicted of the first-degree murder of Monique, there were a few others that were also arrested in connection with this murder. The three of them were charged with aiding and abetting the crimes of first-degree murder, attempted second-degree murder, kidnapping, and first-degree felony murder while committing kidnapping. One of those people, her name is Elsa Segura, and she was being accused of actually setting up that fake showing to lure Monique to the house. And although nothing will bring Monique back, her mother says, that now she's just grateful that Barry and Davis will spend the rest of their lives behind bars. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining me on episode 100 of those Murder Girls podcasts. I hope you liked the headlines. It was a little, you know, something different to do. I had found these stories and just wanted to share them with you. I found a couple more headlines, but I decided that I wanted to write them as episodes. So these are the ones you got. Also, our Kelly was sentenced for his sex crimes committed in Chicago, but... I fucking hate R. Kelly, so I'm not even going to give him any more of my airtime, at least. All of the cases that I covered today, I have linked in my bio. You can find that by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you want to go, whatever you prefer. So they're all on there. You guys can go and click into any of those articles if you guys want to do some more digging for yourselves, by all means... I will see you guys all back here next Friday for a brand new episode. Bye, guys.